Tonight, the atmosphere of heaven. How many of you believe heaven has an atmosphere? Yes. How many of you think we need to get it down here? I'm going to teach you something wonderful tonight. You're going to have to practice it. We're going to do it. We're going to talk about the atmosphere of heaven. You ever heard the word heaven? All right, sure you have. When we all get to Nashville, we all get to heaven. Well, when you think of heaven, what do you think of? You know, we think of heaven, we think of just, that's, you know, that's where the Father's at and that's where good people go. That's what we think of in heaven. All right, we're going to take just a minute. We've got to look at heaven in the Bible. Heaven has, we use three different words for heaven. And the Bible speaks of the third heaven, the second heaven, and the first heaven. And I want, you got to be able to distinguish between them three when the Bible speaks of it so you know what it's talking about. And uh, there's, the Bible mentions, it's the same word. It'll say heaven no matter what. But there are three levels of heaven or three heavens. And the first and third heaven, we're going to look at the third heaven in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2. This is the beloved brother Paul writing. Watch what he said. I knew a man in Christ 14 years ago, whether in the body or out, I don't know. Whether out of the body, I don't know. God knows such one was caught up to where? The third heaven. He said, now I'm going to tell you, and he said, he's writing in the third person here, but it was, he's writing about himself because he goes on to say, I had these great revelations. And because I had these revelations, keep me from getting proud, this, this demon spirit, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. But the Bible said he didn't know whether he was actually in his body or out. But it said he was caught up into something called the third heaven. That's what we usually refer to as heaven. Well, the third heaven is where God's throne room is. It's where the new earth is. That, that's the heaven. When we sing, when we all get to heaven, this is what we sing about right here. That's the third heaven in the Bible. All right, the second heaven that the Bible speaks of, uh, you often just said heaven. Psalm 91, excuse me, Psalm 19, one says this, the heavens declare the glory of God. That word heaven is speaking about celestial where the stars and the, the planets and the moons are. That's the outer atmosphere. That's another heaven in the Bible. You know, the heavens declare the glory of God. Day in the day declares speech. There's a third heaven in the Bible that speaks up. And that is the spirit atmosphere on the earth. That's referred to as heaven. Let me, let me show you that. Turn to Ephesians chapter two, uh, just to the right of page or two. Well, maybe four, five, six pages. Ephesians two. There's a third heaven the Bible speaks of. Now you've got to know these three because you'll mix these heavens up. And it'll be speaking about the third heaven where God's throne room is. And, and you, you know, you'll think, well, that's down here or whatever. We've got to get them straightened out here. All right, in Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians 2, I love these verses. And this is talking about what we'd call the first heaven or heaven on earth or the atmosphere of heaven on the earth. Ephesians 6, 2, excuse me, Ephesians 2, verse 4. The Father who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Amen. We were dead in trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. You ever heard those words? We're lost as a ball in high weeds. Jesus loved us, brought us to himself. He saved us by his kindness. We had nothing to do with it. It's a gift. All right, you got that. Now, verse six, watch what he did. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, I'm not up there in heaven right now. I'm down here. But that verse says, I am seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Well, that's talking about the spirit realm on the earth where Jesus is. I've been made one with Jesus when I was born again. You can read chapter five where it says, Let a, father shall, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two shall become one. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. It's not talking about marriage, it's talking about my union with Jesus. The moment I was born again, I was made one with Jesus in spirit, in the heavenly places on the earth. 
They understand the difference in the three there. You got the one where the throne is right now, where we're going to one day. Then you got the, uh, where the astronauts go, you know, up there, stars and all that. That's the second heaven. Then you got the heaven on earth, which is the spirit realm. I mean, if you believe that Jesus is in the earth today. Well, that, that's the heavenly realm where he's at today. And of course, there's also the demonic in that spirit realm. Too. All right, that's the three heavens. All righty. Now, I want to ask you a question. If you were to go to the third heaven right now, or what we would usually refer to as heaven, what kind of attitude would they have in there? What kind of atmosphere would be in that place? What do you think? You think they're discouraged and sad because of what's going on down here? I maybe think that country song was right. There's holes in the floors of heaven and they're looking down on us. I know better than that, they'd be depressed if they was looking down here right now. Of course they're not. There ain't no holes in the floors of heaven. My gosh. My, my, my grandmother, my mama's up there now. My grand, You think she's going to got Jesus and all the beauty? And she, no, let me stare at Brian down there. Let me through this hole down here. Watch. Oh my, no. Get away from me, Jesus. I need to stare at Brian. There ain't no holes in the floor. My gosh. The junk. <laughs> I'm sorry. But dear ones, listen, there is an atmosphere in heaven. You say, boy, look, wild in here, isn't it? What's the atmosphere in heaven right now? He said, well, I ain't never been there. Well, let's go. Let's go. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, you, you can go there right now. You can look at it. Revelation chapters 4 and 5. I, I read these chapters. I love this right here. Now, Revelation uh, chapters, chapter 1 is a revelation of Jesus. Chapters 2 and 3 are world history from the time Jesus left the earth till the time he comes back. Chapter 6 begins the final judgment called the tribulation period. And that's through chapter 19. Chapters 20, 21, and 22 are the new heaven and the new earth. But chapters 4 and 5 are an interlude where we leave earth and we go up into heaven. And we see what's at the third heaven. And we see what's going on in heaven. And it's a, it's a picture of what's going on in heaven. It's wild up there. And that's chapters 4 and 5. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now this is the man who wrote it. After these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. That's the third heaven. And the first voice I heard like a trumpet said to me, come up here. Now what did he say? You just come on up here. So he was lifted up into heaven and he said, I'm going to show you what's going on. And verse 7, immediately I was in the spirit and the spirit just took him right up into heaven. What's the first thing he saw? Verse 2, a throne set in heaven and somebody sat on that throne. That's good news right there. Do you notice it didn't say a folding chair? <laughs> tell me what, tell me who sits on a throne. The guy who runs the place. There's a throne and this is the throne in heaven that rules eternally and he's on there. And uh, you can go on to re read it. And here, let me tell you what you're going to see in these chapters. It is wild up there right now. The Lord is in his holy temple up there. All the earth ain't keeping silent before him. Hey, nothing reverent about heaven. It is wild. The Bible said it's like thundering and lightning and people are screaming and they're falling down. I'm not going to take time to read it. Read it. And you better be careful because there's crowns flying across the room. It says they're falling down and they're throwing the crowns up there at the feet of Jesus. And they said, the, they said there are thousands upon thousands and ten thousands are singing and said it's so loud. It's like the sound of many waters. You ever stood right beside Niagara Falls? That's what the singing sounds like. It's just wild. And people are hollering. They're falling down. They get up. They fall down again. And they sing three major songs there. And all three of them are in chapters four and five. Worthy is the lamb slain from the... In other words, the atmosphere of heaven, let me describe it to you. It's an atmosphere of victory. Yes. It's an atmosphere of celebration. Yes. It's an atmosphere of peace. Yes. I promise you, nobody's scared in heaven. No. Nobody's nervous in heaven right now. 
Nobody's worried. I, I guarantee you the, the, the father's not chewing his fingers going, what, what are they going to do down there? That just don't happen in heaven. There is no strife. And nobody mad at anybody. Nobody asking Jesus dumb questions. You don't even remember that stuff. Heaven is a hoot. A hoot's not the Greek word, I don't guess. But it's an atmosphere of victory, celebration, peace, joy, indescribable joy. That's the atmosphere of heaven. You understand what I'm saying here? If you were to go there right now, you'd just say, man, I like this place. This is great up here. It's not the atmosphere of religion. The atmosphere of religion is reservation and a home, a home. You make funky signs and all that. And this is not the atmosphere of religion. It's the atmosphere of heaven. All right, that, you say, well, when do they like break and eat? I don't know, but it's, this is the atmosphere. It's like this all the time. You got this. I'm telling you, it's very important you see this. That's the atmosphere of heaven. And it's that, it's that atmosphere. Now, I want you to turn that to Matthew chapter six. Let's look something about the atmosphere of heaven coming down here. Matthew chapter 6 is where we find two things. We find the will of God for you and we find our prayer to get it there. All right. We're going to light it up tonight. We're going to blow religion out the door and blow this nonsense out the door that I see on people now. We are not experiencing the atmosphere of heaven in the earth right now. We're not even experiencing it in the church. Believers are not walking in the atmosphere of heaven. But I want you to see something in Matthew chapter 6. This is where he tells us, verse 9. And this said, now when you pray, we, earlier he says, go in your closet and talk to me. And when you pray, here's what I want you to say to me. Pray this. Our Father in heaven, praise your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Watch these words. On the earth as it is in heaven. I want what's in heaven in my life right now. What he tell you to pray right there? I want you to pray that, that the way we're doing it in heaven will be done on the earth. Now, one day it will be globally, but that is not today. Go back to Revelation chapter 6 through 19. We got some junk to go through on this earth before Jesus comes and reigns and sets up the atmosphere of heaven. But now what's he talking about here? I'm not praying for my earth here. I'm praying for me right here. I'm, three things. I'm praying for me. I'm praying for my home and I'm praying for my church. And he said, I want you to pray. Now listen, God Almighty, he said, he said, look at me, sweetheart. He said, go in your closet, talk to me and ask me to bring heaven down to earth for you. Come on. Pray, pray, say, Father, thy will be, thy kingdom come. I'm gonna show you a kingdom in a minute. Thy kingdom come on the earth the way it's being done in heaven. Whatever y'all doing up there in heaven, do it right here. Can you see this? He wants you to have the atmosphere of heaven in your heart and in your mind and in your life. And certainly in your home, be nice if you could have it in the church. And he wants you to pray this. This is his will. There was the atmosphere of heaven can come down to earth. Right there it is. Matter of fact, that's the first thing he told you to pray for. Now he went on to tell you, pray and ask me to make sure you have plenty to eat. Give us our daily bread, pay your light bill, all that stuff. Pray and ask me to forgive your sins because I want to. Pray and ask me to help you forgive other people because that'll mess you up there. Pray and ask me to kick the devil's butt in your life. That's not exactly how it says it in there, but pray and ask me to deliver you. If he said, ask me to deliver you, guess what he wants to do for you? Deliver. All right. And he said, but pray that my kingdom will come and my will will be done in your life. All right, now, now let me just pause for a second. What is the atmosphere in our earth right now? What's the atmosphere on our earth right now? In, in the public, in where you work maybe? 
uh, on the entertainment industry, Washington, D.C. What's the atmosphere in the earth right now? Maybe in your home. I don't know. Maybe in your heart. There's an atmosphere everywhere. You've always got an atmosphere in your heart. You've always got an atmosphere in your home. I can walk in a home and just know. I can just pick it up like that. I can go into Walmart and tell you what the atmosphere is. I don't know who started this stuff of not dressing quite as formal as we used to in the 50s. There's two ditches. All right. What's the atmosphere of earth right now? You listen to me carefully. That's the reason I know this Bible's true. Years ago, I was reading what the atmosphere on earth was going to be like, and it's come to pass perfectly like he said it would. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus describes the atmosphere on the earth as he approaches 2 Timothy chapter 3, Luke 21. I mean, it's boom, 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 just like he said it'd be. The atmosphere of the earth right now is strife. There's strife in the earth. Men fighting with one another. Revelation chapter 6, where it talks about that great horseman that'll go out and he will take peace out of the earth. And men will fight with one another and war with one another. That atmosphere is in the earth now. And there's an atmosphere of fear in the earth right now. I'm stunned at Christians when the Bible's so clear, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. And I listen to preachers and Christians talk out of fear. And you just sense they're so full of fear right now. Fear is the atmosphere of hell. Dear what faith is in the kingdom of God, fear is in the kingdom of hell. Faith is the currency that brings the kingdom of God down. Fear is the currency that brings the kingdom of hell up into your life. That's why the Bible said the thing that I feared came upon me. And the way God does great things into your life is to get you to believe him and have faith in him so he can bring it to pass. The way Satan works in your life is to get you scared of something so he can bring it to pass. There's a reason this book says over 300 times, fear not, fear not. But we're in an atmosphere of fear right now. People, I hear people, I hear believers say, oh, I'm just scared about my country and scared of the future. Where'd that come from? Scared for my children. Why are you scared for your children? Listen, all this, I'm scared of this, scared of that. You need you a new God. You need one bigger than the one you got if you're scared now. But I'm here to help you tonight. But you know, sometimes you got to say, thanks, I needed that. We had to shock folks before we can help them. But the atmosphere of fear has covered the earth right now. The Bible said it would. An atmosphere of anxiety and worry. That's not the kingdom of heaven. That's not the atmosphere of heaven that's covered the earth right now. And, uh, but now listen to me. Dear ones, if God shows you his will, he has made you a promise. If he shows you his will, he's made you a promise. When he told me, get in that closet and you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will ask me to do this. You know what that is? That is a promise that if I would pray it, he would do it. When he gives you a promise, he has, that's his will for you to bring it to pass. You say, Brother Brown, I'm confused. How in the world can we have the hope and the excitement and the victory and the peace and the joy of God in this crazy day? I keep being sent back in the spirit to Isaiah chapter 60, and I've shown you this a couple of times. Darkness will cover the earth. Deep darkness to people. Does anybody want to argue with that? But the glory of the Lord will be upon you, and his light will be seen upon you, and Gentiles will be drawn to the brightness on you. What we're going to have is two kingdoms in the earth. Now listen, the Bible is very clear in the latter days, hell is going to cover the earth. But what else does the Bible say? Joel chapter two, Acts chapter two, in the latter days, I will pour out my spirit on on all flesh and your sons and daughters are going to talk about it. They're going to prophesy and whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's going to be two kingdoms in the earth. 
One is the kingdom of light and hope and encouragement, and we're going to glow in the dark. And then the kingdom of hell is going to be one of fear and angst and terror. Let me describe, let me show you. I'll tell you, let's turn and look at it. Turn with me to Luke chapter 21. I'm going to show you these two kingdoms side by side. I think it was a while back I showed you where it said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who had a field. He planted wheat. An enemy planted weeds. He said, let both grow side by side until the age of the harvest. I'm going to show you something wild in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Now this is where Jesus, when he was asked, what's it going to be like before the second coming of Jesus? What's society going to be like? And he tells us in here. But I want you to look at two things he said about the culture right before he gets back. He said it's going to be so rough in the culture. Luke 21, 26, all these things that are uh, happening. You can read Luke 21. Verse 26 said this, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. What does the Bible say the atmosphere is going to be? People are going to be terrified of what they see happening in the earth. What does it mean men's hearts failing them? Heart attacks. People have a heart attack because of what they see on the news. What's going on in the earth. That's going to be the atmosphere where Jesus is I want out of here. Hang on a minute. That's not going to be me. That's not, I listen, Jesus is my Lord. I have a different atmosphere. Look at verse 28. When these things begin to happen, this time out right there. If Jesus said, when you see these things happen, do you think he expects you to know what's going to be going on? Sure he does. You can see when these things begin to happen. When these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draweth nigh. Now in the Bible, lift up your head don't mean stretch your neck. So like when they put Barney in that hanger in the closet. I'm not talking about that. Lift up your head in the Bible means celebrate. Praise God. Shout in victory. When you see the craziness that I said was coming, you need to start shouting and celebrating because your redemption is drawing real close. What do you see the difference between them two verses? You see people that don't know Jesus, don't walk with Jesus. Their heart, they're going to be in heart attacks because of the mess going on on the earth. And Jesus people are going to be saying, just like he said was going to happen, praise God, it won't be long now. That's the two kingdoms come. One is the kingdom of hell, which is fear. One is the kingdom of heaven, which is hope and life and faith and <clears throat> jump and jump, jump around. Well, you whatever, however you want to say it. All right. That, that's the two atmospheres right there. All right. And a question. I, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I want the atmosphere of heaven on this earth. Where does it start? Say, Brother Brian, we, if we could elect a good president, a good cabinet, I believe they could bring the kingdom on the earth. Let me make an announcement. Humpty Dumpty hath had a great fall. And all the king's horsemen and all the king's men ain't gonna put this Humpty Dumpty back together. If you're still looking to Washington for help, you need to start drinking heavy. Did you know that nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty? Y'all remember that? That was actually written about when the British Parliament fell years ago. And it's what the whole Humpty Dumpty rhyme is, government can't fix your problems. See, children knew it 50 years ago. Adults ain't figured it out yet. There was the, the kingdom is not going to come through Washington, D.C. I don't expect it to start in the church. I, I know what the Bible said about the church in the latter days. Where's the kingdom going to start? Where's it going to start? Right here. First place the kingdom starts got to start in my heart and in my mind. You, I don't get you till I get me. I'm going to draw a circle around me and I say, see, inside, I don't care what goes on right there. See, inside this circle, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this circle right here. In my own heart, my own mind, the kingdom's going to come. It's got to start right here with me. All right, I'm going to make up my mind. 
Am I going to let the, am I going to be conformed to this world and let this world mash me in its mold and let the atmosphere that's on the earth get on me? Am I going to walk around sucking eggs and losing and terrible and it's awful and puking? Am I going to live like that? I can't even, as for me and my house, I'm going to make up my mind. I'm not living in that kingdom. I'm living in this kingdom right here. Let me tell you where it starts. Well, we're just trying to look at it. Somebody hadn't seen this before. Turn me to Psalm 100. Dear ones, how you fire out the bed first thing every morning dictates which kingdom you're going to live in. You got to get out of the bed right. If you start right, you finish right. Listen to me. Turn off that TV and go to bed at night. Get you some rest. So you can get up in the morning and feel better. For my sake. Psalm 100. All right, now we're going to read a psalm here. Let's just read it a little bit. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. He, listen, he, he made you. We're his. I don't belong to this culture. I don't belong to the devil. I don't belong to the Democratic Party nor the Republican Party. I belong to Jesus. He is my shepherd. You know what that means? The shepherd is going to chart the course of my life. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. He's good, his mercy is everlasting, and I hope we hang in there. No, his truth endures for all generations, including mine. All right, now we've got a problem here. Who wrote that right there? My Heavenly Father wrote that. That's the Word of God. Do you know what I think? I don't think he knew what it was going to be like today. I declare I don't. I don't think he knew what was coming. Or he wouldn't have told me to shout and holler like that. He'd have told me, hang on, son, hang on. <laughs> he knew good and well what was going to be going on. Did you know I was born on the exact day I was supposed to be born on? And you were too. The Bible said in Acts 17, he determined the day you'd be born and the place you'd be born. You were born for such a time as this. Amen. You're where you're supposed to be right now by his design. And the only reason you're on this earth is because he wanted you here. And I want you to look at what he showed me right there. Why would he tell me in the midst of an insane culture and, and the heaviness that's on this land right now, why would he tell me to shout and holler and be thankful and come before his presence? This is how I establish the kingdom in my heart and mind. He's not going to force it on me. This is how I do it. I never get out of bed in the morning until I'm singing. That's why I sing first thing in the morning. We had a little get together and that fellow said, I, I used to travel with him some back when we traveled. And he said, First thing, five o'clock, he's up and he's singing and I'm trying to sleep and it'd make me ill. I'm not trying to make you ill. I'm trying to bring heaven down to earth, son. Get up out of the bed and get to celebrate. The sun's fixing to come up. The Bible said we celebrate and we celebrate and praise his name and rejoice. You start with gratitude. Dear ones, the secret to life is a grateful heart. That's why the Bible said in everything, give thanks this is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks. This is the will of God for you. There's a battle in my mind every morning. Battle in my heart. I'm in a battle constantly. Am I going to live in the atmosphere of heaven and the kingdom of heaven? Or am I going to get over in the atmosphere of aggravation? Fear. Worry. Strife. Which atmosphere am I going to let rule in my heart? It, it's a mo almost a moment by moment battle. You got to redneck up. Y'all know what that means? Some, some Bibles say have faith in God. Same thing. 
Dear ones, you've got to get your eyes fixed on the Word and on the things that other people can't see. We walk, not, we walk by faith and not by sight, but we're focused on the things other people can't see, the eternal things, not the temporary things that's going to be gone in a few days. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But this is where I always start with gratitude. And uh, matter of fact, I love, I think the Holy Ghost told me this. Rev, I'm going to quote it again. We looked at it. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. I heard a voice saying, come up here. I don't think he was just speaking to John. I think he's talking to me when he said that. You know, Revelation's written to me. It's written to the people of God. And I, every, day, every morning I get to make a decision. The Holy Ghost just says to me, you can come up here if you want to. Yep. But listen to what he says. There ain't going to be no whining up here because we don't allow whining in heaven. We don't do fear up here. We don't do stinking attitudes up here. And we don't do aggravation up here. So if you're coming up here, you're going to have to leave that back there. And I got to decide, do I want to stay down here with this whining and aggravation and worrying? Or do I want to go up there where they celebrate and having a big time? You know what I've decided? I'm going over yard. I've decided I'm going to go up there. I'm just going to come up here. That's all you got to do is just come up here. You enter his gates, which means come up here. I think I'll just go up there and live up there today. Well, I can live in this squalor down here. I can live in the atmosphere of heaven today. Which am I going to do? It's my choice every day. Every moment. And that's why, that's why the book of Revelation says you can come up here every day. Uh, Luke 21, I want to quote it again. Luke 28, 21, 28 says this. When you see these things beginning to happen, go down to Biscuitville and talk with them other old men about how terrible everything is. <laughs> Do you hate your life that bad? <laughs> when you see these things beginning to happen, lift up your head and rejoice. Your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. Listen, let, me, let me make an announcement. You can have a shout and fit anytime you want to. You can step right up into heaven anytime you want to. And if, and if you don't want to bother people around you like you at work or something like that, you can do it in your heart. You can celebrate and sing without ever opening your mouth. Y'all know that? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking and singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. To the Lord. That's why I sing old hymns every morning. Get up in the morning, I got my little routine. I'm old, I got a routine, don't mess with me. I do my little routine around there, but I love to sing in my heart. There's within my heart a melody. And my sweetheart, she's trying to get ready to go. And she's got it written all, she's trying to be spiritual, but it's written all over. Could you not go outside and do something else till I get out of here? We're going to sing in my house in the mornings. Thy kingdom's going to come. Thy will is going to be done in this house. From the rising of the sun, well, even before that, you don't have to wait till the sun comes up. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. All right. The, the scripture says we can do that. And uh, we got to make a decision. Am I going to walk by what I see or am I going to live by faith? Because I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to say what God says about this. I'm going to say what this book says about the situation. Jennifer, she, she stole my line. Did you get my note? She stole my line. I said, now what are you going to do? She said, it's going to be the best day of my life. I say that every morning I get up. It's going to be the greatest day of my life. You say, how do you know that? Because I read it in the Bible. This is the day the Lord has made. Let, let me quote that to you. This is Psalm 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has, has made. I feel like rejoice. Is that what it says? Tell me the word. I will. will. I'm going to rejoice today as an act of my will, whether I feel it or not. But let me make an announcement. If you'll get your will and start doing it, your feel will fall right in there behind it. I never start joy, rejoicing and singing that eventually my thing don't catch up with it. Are you with me? I'll tell you about jump-starting that old Studebaker truck. It wouldn't crank half the time, so we'd have to push it and jump-start. Then it'd get running, and then you could hop in, and it'd carry you. Drive up to Red Store, get a big drink while I can. You, you, you can't wait for something to happen. 
This passive atmosphere is getting us killed. This religious, oh, we're waiting. What are you waiting on? He's already told you what to do. Wrote you a whole book. Get with it, Bubba. If you will stir up the gift of God that's within you, he'll, button, button, he'll take off and then he'll carry you. I'm going to quote that to you. 2 Timothy 1.6 says this. Stir up, son, stir up. Listen, got a young man. He's getting a pudding beat out of him. He was too young for this church. There, there are 27 churches in the New Testament mentioned. Three are what you call huge mega churches. One's the church at Ephesus. Now he was sent there to pastor it. Just a young fella. But he was such a good guy. His name's Timothy. And so Paul writes him. He, I think he wrote him a note and said, can I go to a country church? Or get me out of here or something. He said, no, I'm not going to move you. He said, listen to what he said in verse six. Because he's getting, he's getting beat. Even the old ladies was beating him up. They said that in chapter four. I think that's the same chapter. I told him, you need to start drinking wine if you're going to stay there and pastor that church. Something about your stomach or something. And, uh, but listen to what he said. He's getting beat up in this rough place he's living. And listen to what, what, what the, well, well, God spoke to him, but his father spoke to him and said this. He said, son, stir up the gift of God that's within you. Quit waiting on God to do it. You do it. You stir it up. Stir up the gift of God that's in you. And then verse seven, because God didn't give you that spirit of intimidation terrified, getting beat to death, mashed down. God didn't give you that. God gave you a spirit of power. And by power, it don't mean muscle power. It means confidence. A spirit of confidence and compassion and a sound, sharp mind. Let's look at that right there. You got two spirits. You got a spirit of intimidation where you're nervous and you're worried and you wonder what people think and you don't know if you're going to make it or not. How, How clear can you make this? God did not give you that spirit. And listen to me, there's a reason he calls it a spirit. Guess what it is? It's a spirit. You saw I'm a mild-mannered person. You've got a spirit of timidity. And you need, if you can't cast it out, hold still and I will. But, but the deal is, God's given us a spirit of confidence and compassion and a sound mind. All right? So, you know, if I look over and it's red, I say, that ain't Jesus right there. That's Jesus right there. But what do he say? God's already given you the spirit. You've got to stir it up. It's in you. Just, just wait. Matter of fact, I love James chapter four says this. Do you not know that the Holy Spirit of God inside of you is jealous for you? He, he just, let me show you. Here's the picture of what this is like. You, the Spirit of God's in you. He wants to help you, but you've got to turn him loose. Yeah. Yeah. You're the one got to enter his gates with thanksgiving. All right. Anybody remember tag team championship wrestling? They do that in heaven. It's wonderful. And the deal was you, and I don't know if you ever watched this or not. That tag team wrestling, you got your partner. Your partner's got to stay outside the ring till you tag him in. That's why it's called tag team. And you got this fella, he's getting a pudding beat out of him. I mean, they're just wearing his head out and he'll let him get sort of close and he'll reach out his hand. And about the time they're going to tag, he'll jerk him back over and kick him around a little bit more. And he can't quite get over there. And finally, he, he gets over and he makes the tag. And buddy, his partner flies in that ring and he beats a tar out that guy's wearing him out. You ever seen that? That's a prophetic picture of the Word of God right there. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Horny head beating the hell out of you. I'm just wearing your head out. Discouragement and fear and doubt and all this stuff. And you keep saying, I wish you'd help me. And the Holy Ghost, it's on you, son. It's on you. And then you, you said, you say, I've had enough of this mess. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. I don't care how I feel or what I see. Jesus reigns in my life. Praise God. Greater is he that's in. And you start that step. You're getting, you're getting close, son. You're getting close. Come on, come on. And pretty soon you make the tag and he flies in there and ah, it's on. 
that's a prophetic picture of what it means to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And then guess what? You get up tomorrow, you got to do it all over again. That's right. Bernard's after you, I'm telling you. That's one of the best pictures you'll ever see of this truth right here. All right, you enter, enter there. It starts in your own heart. And then let me tell you where it's going next. It's, next is going into my house. Come on. I made a decision. We're not going to live like hell in my house. We're not going to have fussing in that house. Strife is from hell. We're not going to have it in my house. We're not going to have discouragement in that house. We're not going to make fun of each other. We're not going to criticize each other. We're not even going to be real sarcastic in there because somebody takes it wrong. We're going to have an atmosphere of encouragement in that house and hope. And we're going to laugh in that house and we're going to love in that house and we're going to holler in that house. That's going to be our house. That's why our kids love to be there. We raised our kids in that kind of atmosphere right there. Mama thinks I got a little carried away once in a while, but you know better to overdo it hollering than it is to underdo it stuck. And then what I'd really love to see is the atmosphere. I'd love to see thy kingdom come, thy will be done in a church. Come on. I mean, just somebody open the door, come visit the church and go, whoa, horse, look in there at what they're doing. Yeah. It ought to be, in, listen, what you see in Revelation 4 ought to be here. Mm-hmm. It ought to be in the house of God because it's already the atmosphere that's in heaven. All righty. Now, I'm going to take you to the scriptures. I want to show you something. What is normal Christian living? What is normal? What is, I'll call it normal Christian living. What's normal believing life? What should the normal believer look like today? All right. Question number one. What would the normal believer look like actually in the earth today? Just a few more weary days in the end. <laughs> Some in my heart, even when I was young and just learned, I thought, this can't be right. Mad and aggravated and sad and weary and hanging on till Jesus gets back horse. What is this stuff? I just don't think that's normal. I don't think that's the will of God. I think my God's better. I don't think you suck eggs and do without till I get back. One day I'll make you smile. I don't buy that junk. But that's the atmosphere of the average church goer today. Let me ask you a question. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say normal should be? I'm going to turn, I'm going to show you this. Don't you ever forget this. Romans chapter 14 is where we see normal. Abby normal. Y'all remember that? Normal. All right, Romans 14 is where the, this is a passage where the Bible shows you this is what normal should look like. This is what my people ought to look like right here. You ever heard of the kingdom of heaven? Kingdom of God? How many of you have ever heard of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God? That's the rule of God, wherever it's at. Listen to this. Let me quote this to you. This is Luke chapter 12, verse 31. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What am I looking for all the time? The what should be the priority of my life? The kingdom of God. It was the kingdom of God should be the priority of my life. Now listen to me. Don't confuse the kingdom of God with the kingdom of religion or the kingdom of church activity. Church activity bores me to tears most of the time. What is the kingdom of God? He's fixing to show you. Romans 14, 17 is that foundational verse about the kingdom of God. Verse 17, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. There go the Baptist. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Now listen, if I'm supposed to seek ye first the kingdom of God, here's what it is. What does the Bible describe it as? It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. Don't worry about the righteousness. If It's a hard word to understand. It simply means... The kingdom of God has come in my life when the Holy Spirit comes in. And what does he do when he comes in? What three things does he do? Righteousness simply means he makes things right. 
the Holy Spirit of God gets the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, the fear, the crap. The Holy Spirit of God makes it right on the inside. Uh, what's the next thing he brings in there? Holy Spirit brings his peace inside of me. Goodbye worry, goodbye fear, goodbye nervousness. You can't have that stuff where the peace of God is. The peace of God that passes all understanding guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians chapter four, verse seven. And the Holy, Holy Ghost just comes in, he makes things right. And then he just settles me down on the inside. There's a peace on the inside. Now tell me what else the Holy Ghost brings in. Can you believe that? That's what I said. Well, then the church ain't walking in the kingdom. There's the Holy Spirit of God pours joy out. Amen. He hath made me glad. The Bible said God's put a new song in my mouth and he hath made me glad. And you go in the average church, they look like you've been vaccinated with pickle juice and stuff with a curtain rod. Oh my gosh, almighty. What is this? That ain't the whole, there in the kingdom of God is when the spirit of God comes in my life, makes things right and leaves me quiet on the inside and full of the joy of Jesus. See that verse right there? That's normal Christianity right there. It's when the Spirit of God comes in and begins to bring these things into my life. Most people can't associate God with joy. He created it. Wherever He is, it, listen, wherever God is, there's joy. Psalm 1611, look us up sometime. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Wherever God is, there's going to be joy of the Holy Spirit. And the, but normal is just when you're just, it's right. You ain't all full of garbage. You ain't mad. You're not frustrated. You're not aggravated. You're at peace. And the joy of Jesus is in there. That's living right there. You know what the truth is? That's what everybody's looking for anyway, isn't it? Everybody's looking for that. Look across the page at Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of discouragement. Y'all check me, make sure I'm quoting that right. Got my Greek mixed up there. Now may the God of hope. And he's going to fill. What does God put in your life? Will fill you. God fills you with three things. What are they? Fill you with all joy and peace that you might abound in hope. Who's the guy that does it? Once again, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tell me the three things God wants to do in your life. He wants to bring the Holy Spirit in your life and bring peace into your life and bring joy into your life and bring hope into you. You know what hope is? Get up, Louise. It's fixing to happen. That's hope right there. Praise God, we're fixing to strike it rich. Come on, Louise, that's hope. Good things are coming my way. This is gonna be the best day of my life. That's hope right there. Amen. All right, there's where, where God's spirit is. That's the atmosphere you're gonna find. It's an atmosphere of peace and joy and encouragement and hope. And maybe you know we might need some of that right now. Yeah. Amen. By the way, what you just read, don't ever forget those two verses, Romans 14, 17, 15, 13. That's normal Christian living right there. That's what I'm pushing you for right there. Pleading, No, I'm just teaching you. That's what I'm teaching you for right there. That's normal believing right there. Now, let me point something out here. <clears throat> Is that his will? What he tell me to pray? Thy kingdom come. He told me what the kingdom was right there. When I pray thy kingdom come, thy will be, you know what I'm praying? Father, send Holy Ghost joy down here and just fill me up. Send the peace of the Holy Ghost down here and settle my heart. Send the Holy Spirit down here. Make things right on the inside of me. Get this mess out of me. Get this prejudice and hatred and aggravation and frustration. Holy Spirit, come and wash this, wash this stuff out of me. Clean my heart. That's what I'm praying right there. Yeah. Who told me to pray that? My Heavenly Father told me, you go in your closet, close and ask me to do this for you. How many of you know this would be good right here? Yeah. We need to get underneath this thing right here. All righty. Here's the question. Right, we're going to deal with the question. Here's the question. Brother Brian, 
today? Today? With, do you don't pick up the newspaper? No, I'm hip, man. I go digital. The deal is with what's going, do you not know what's going on in the earth today? Oh, well, just throw your Bible in the garbage if it don't work then. Of course it's today. You think God didn't know about today when he wrote this? Yes, he did. All right, let me tell you the book we need to read. You need to read. I love this, but I read this book over and over. There's a book in the Bible called Philippians. Yeah. You ever heard the book of Philippians? It is the book of indescribable joy when you're going through hell on earth. That's the theme of the book of Philippians. It's the book, no, I don't know any human being that has ever gone through anything worse than this man's going through while he's writing this thing. And not only is he going through one of the worst things anybody can go through, he has already been told just a few days, your head gonna roll and he can look out the window of his jail cell. He can see the block and the dried blood where his head's gonna be cut off. His churches are being destroyed by liars. He can't get out and change it. Everything's going wrong in his life. He knows that my time, my time of my departure has come. And you take the book of Philippians. He wrote that book at that time in his life. He's 62 years old. He wrote that book. And all you read in there is, I rejoice. I praise God. Rejoice with me. I am filled with joy. You just ring it and joy just rings out that book. Why'd God put that book in the Bible? Here's what God Almighty is saying to you. I don't care what's going on around you. I don't care what's going on in the land. My joy is greater than the garbage you're living with. There is a place of joy in the Holy Ghost that's above anything. That's called the atmosphere of heaven. That's the atmosphere that heaven brings down into the earth. And again, it's got to be in, I can't bring it in my home till it's in my heart. I can't give what I don't have, dear. That's why Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. What do you, what do you get out of that right there? I can't give you something I ain't got. So I got to be filled with the Holy Ghost first. And I got to decide I'm going to live in that atmosphere right there first before I can share it. And we're going to get in our home. It starts right here. I can't make a decision for you. I can beg you. I can fuss at you. I can cheer for you. But I can only decide for one man. But as for me and my heart and my head, we're going to live in this kingdom right here. Now, I don't always stay in that kingdom. On occasion, I'll get knocked down. Guess what I've decided to do? I told you about the five gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Rocky. Son Rocky One's one of the greatest gospels ever preached. That boy should not have lived. You know why, why he did so good? He got knocked down, but he kept getting up. Can I get a witness? When you get knocked down, you got to get up. I don't care if you get knocked on your fanny 23 times in one day. As long as you get up 24, you won. That's right. That's right. And there's times where I just think, no devil's bothering anybody else on the planet because they've all been consigned to me today. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got to make up your mind. You're going to shout it out. And listen, just keep doing that. All right. Now, let me tell you something. It is very important that you control the atmosphere. Here's where I see people getting killed. Do not let the atmosphere control you. What did Jesus say about the atmosphere? You are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Don't let the darkness overcome you. You got to control the atmosphere. Number, I'm going to tell you why in just a second. You've got to control the atmosphere in your heart and in your home. You need to try to control it in your home too for this reason. Now we're fixing to get into the crazy stuff. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said this. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you, not me, whatever you bind on the earth, 
I will bind from heaven and whatever you release in the earth, I will release from heaven. I ought to do a whole teaching on this. There was Je- Don't ask Jesus to do something for you. I'm in a meeting one time. People said, we're going to pray. And they kept asking the Lord to cast the devil out of this boy. And I just said, what are y'all doing? Don't ask him to do it. He told you to do it. I said, get, 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 back, get back out of the way. Just get out of the way. In the name of Jesus. Get out of here. There's, why are you asking him to do something he clearly told you to do? I will give you the keys. Who's got the keys? We do. Jesus, don't you do. I'll give you the keys in whatever you bind on earth. Heaven's power will bind and whatever you release from earth. Well, I'm in charge of the binding and the releasing or the loosening on the earth. You listen to what I'm fixing to say. Here's revelation from God's word. It is very important that you control the atmosphere in your heart and mind because when you control the atmosphere in your heart, you bind the powers of hell that want to mess you up. And you release the power of the Holy Spirit wants to give you life. I want to show you one of the great promises concerning binding the power of darkness. Psalm 32, 7. I love, well, let's look at Psalm 32. Psalm 32. Let me make an announcement. We don't just sing in church because the preacher can't talk long enough. We don't have music to bore you and to make you miserable. There was God Almighty created music and praise and worship for a reason. And it's not because he's some kind of neurotic that wants you to dance for him. There is spiritual power in praising God. And it it is, the Bible talks about praise being a powerful weapon. Psalm 147 says this, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. That don't make a lick of sense. What, you know, let the high praises of God be in their mouth. I mean, that's singing. That's worshiping God. What's the sword thing? Let's go back to last Sunday. What do you do with a sword? You cut somebody with it. Can you not see that praise is a weapon? Yes, come on. Let me quote the next verse. Let me quote that again. Psalm 147 says this. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to bind their kings and their nobles with chains and fetters of iron. I mean, you tie the powers of hell up when you just worship God. You say, that don't make no sense. Now we're in trouble. Since when did God Almighty have to make sense to your head before you could walk in it? I'm telling you, worship is what binds the powers of hell. All right. People tell me all the time, Brother Brian's been so hard. I need help. I need help. Well, here it is. Psalm 32, verse 7 says this. I tell you what I will. Yeah, Psalm 32, 7. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with what? Songs of deliverance. Tell me what songs do for you according to that. He delivers you through songs. Now listen to me. He surrounds me with songs of deliverance. God is, I bet you I've memorized 400 songs. But let me make an announcement. They don't do me a bit of good till I start singing them. He has given me songs of deliverance. But if I wake up in the morning, I feel terrible and my <clears throat> versitis is bothering me. I ain't sure what that is, but I hear people talk about it bothering them. <laughs> and I ate Mexican food last night and my stomach hurts and I'm late and I'm mad and she didn't wash the dishes last night and expects me to clean this mess and, and the radio's blaring and some idiots, Marty's having one man party and that crap's raging through the... Ain't no wonder you get your head beat up by lunchtime. I've got songs of deliverance, but guess what? Look right here, look right here. He ain't singing them for you. 
He surrounds me with songs of deliverance, but I'm the one's got to sing them. I'm fixing, I'm fixing to divide between the winners and the losers right now. If you have to wait till you feel like it, you might as well run up the white flag. But if you, let me tell you something. I, I promise you, enemy don't want you to, he wants you to hear this. You get to where you can sing no matter what you feel. His days are numbered. One of the greatest, you says, the Bible really teach that all through the Bible. One of my favorites, Acts chapter 16, the Bible said that my blood brother Paul had Silas with him. Silas probably never took another trip with him after this one. Had Silas with him. They were arrested. They were beaten. They were whipped. They were thrown in jail. They're sitting in sewage, raw sewage in the cuts on their back and it was dark and they didn't do a thing wrong. I love verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Come on. God, could you imagine that? You've been arrested falsely, lied about, had the hell beat out of you. Sitting there in that nasty, on a, just a dirt floor and sewage getting in your open wounds. And what do you do? Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, come on, Silas. Sing, boy, sing. Oh God, my, do you think he felt like singing? No, he didn't feel like singing. Guess what he knew? He'll surround me with songs of deliverance. He sang by faith. And he sang and he praised God. Do you think it's any coincidence that verse 26 says, and the jail began to shake him. Elvis ain't the one had jailhouse rock start with. Paul was. <laughs> and the jail began to shake and said their chains fell off and the doors flew open and the jailer's atmosphere was changed. The whole atmosphere was transformed by what? And that moment of pain, they decided to praise God. They changed the atmosphere with their worship. Yes. Yes. You can do the same thing in your heart. But you got to make a decision. I'm not going to wait till I feel something. I'm going to do what he says. He'll surround me with songs of deliverance. Now, demons, that's why it's so important to control the atmosphere. Yeah. I've learned in my old age, I'm not letting a bad attitude get inside of me. I'm not going to have an atmosphere inside of me of complaining and whining and criticizing. And, and let me tell you, one of, the, one of the worst ones of all, because they don't seem bad, I'm not going to get aggravated. When I sense it coming on, I go. <laughs> What am I at it, God? We, man, I just jump on it. You got to learn. And listen, let me, think, let me tell you something. This is my humble opinion. I know we're deep in these deep, deep songs. They would scrunch our faces. It might be real spooky and deep. I think the more childlike your songs are, the more powerful they are. Amen. That's why I sing the songs of children in the mornings. I, one of my favorite songs to sing in the mornings, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. <laughs> down in my heart. See, y'all remember that song? And I'm so happy. You see, you sing out around your house in the morning loud. loud. That's one reason all three of my children moved out when they got grown. That's one of my favorite songs to sing. I'll never forget. Billy Graham used to be gone six, eight weeks at a time in crusades overseas. He had to take boats, didn't have airplanes in. And he had six children. Ruth Graham's raising them children. And she'd teach them about Jesus, teach them songs. And he came home, I believe he'd been in England, came home on a trip. And they got to dinner and Ruth said, the children have learned a new song. They want to teach it to you. Or they want you to listen to it. He said, go right ahead. I'm ready to listen. So they started singing their song. And they sang that song. We got the joy, 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 joy. And he just thought that was so neat. And, you know, Billy didn't have no rhythm. So he's trying to clap with it a little bit there, having a grand time. And they got to that third verse, it says, do I remember? And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Sit on it. Y'all remember that? Y'all, I forget y'all ain't been to church. And, none of and singing bar songs so y'all can relate. 
And uh, Billy, he said, whoa, 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 children, stop, stop. He said, we don't do that. He said, you know, in the book of Jude, it said not even the devil brought a railing. I mean, not even Gideon, Gabriel brought a railing. He said, we, we don't sing that verse right there. Ruth said, fine, take that verse out and keep your daddy happy. Keep singing, children. And they sang the rest of it there. I think the more childlike your songs are, the more powerful they are. Yeah. So where'd you get that from? This guy named Jesus, who said, unless you can become like a little child, you cannot walk in the kingdom of God. I love you. Can we get off our deep, sophisticated, I am so sophisticated stuff and get back down to childlike, simple faith and just sing our little hearts out. All right, sing, sing and celebrate. You got to control the atmosphere. I want to quote to you one of my favorite verses. This verse keeps coming up over and over and it's the truth. This is Matthew eleven twelve. 12 that says this. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'm telling you this Casper, mild-mannered, hoping nothing goes wrong, you're going to get whooped. This religious spirit that just withers, there was the violent have to take it by force. And it, you know what that means? I am not going to have this mess on me. I am not going to be aggravated. I'm not going to be discouraged. I ain't living discouraged. Jesus died so I wouldn't have to live like this. Uh, I'm not going to hope it gets better. I'm not going to call Aunt Fanny and get her to pray for me. I don't need her to pray for me. I pray for myself. Everybody say, I pray for myself. Say it, I pray for myself. That's Take it by force. Make up your mind. Jesus died for me to have this. I'm not going to let some puny devil steal it from me. I ain't living like that mess no more. That, you say, well, I swear you're sounding more like Dirty Harry all the time. Whatever the deal is, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven is a violent thing. There's violence because you got two forces conflicting and the violent have to take it by force. I spent about three weeks ago, I got up and, I, and I, nobody was there and I was monkeying around and I just, I never, I such aggravation and I thought, that's it. I've had it. I hadn't been up 10 minutes. I went back in there, took my shoes back off, didn't take my clothes off, got back into bed, covered myself up, went, <sighs> turned around, woke up again real quick, said, now we're going to start this day over and we're going to do it right. And I started singing and I said, praise God. And I throwed the covers back and got up. It was a whole different day. I'm just going to go back to bed and start over. We can't do no better than that. You know what that's called? The violent take it by force. You got to make up your mind. That book right there says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. I'm taking it. I'm taking it by force. And uh, you, got to, you got to sing with your horns on. Let me quit by saying this. Everything flows out of atmosphere. Everything flows out of atmosphere. If you, want every, if you want a great life, create the atmosphere. Right. Everything's atmosphere. All right, these girls understand this. You boys are clueless. You ever heard of romance? It, it's real. It exists. Girls are good at this stuff. You know, girls at flowers? Boys, those are the things that grow on stems. They're different colors at the top. Got flowers. Girls, have, they have candles. See, a boy says candles, he thinks, power out. <laughs> Scented candles. They got, they got the right music, that romantic music, you know, playing in the background. You know what they're trying to do, boys? Yeah, they're wasting money. No, no. They're creating an atmosphere. You, your thumb was a brick, Bubba. She's creating a romantic atmosphere. She's trying to help you out here. Take off your camouflage and take a bath once in a while. Get with it. <laughs> Atmosphere is everything. 
don't take her to Joe's Q and Brew on the first outing. <laughs> it's not about how cheap it is, it's the atmosphere. I've wasted, I've spent a lot of money trying to be in the right atmosphere. Can I get a witness? Amen. Hallmark is a ripoff. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Dollar General's got them for dollars. <laughs> right, atmosphere is very important. Then was learn this. Atmosphere is very important. If you'll, if you'll create the atmosphere, good things will happen. Yeah. We're trying to make good things happen in the wrong atmosphere. Mm. In our churches, in our homes. I go in homes and I just think, ain't nothing good can come out of this home. There's cursing in here. There's hatred in here. They're stabbing each other in the back. They're screaming at each other. There's profane mess on the TV. There ain't nothing good coming out of this home. And those are deacons. Those are Christian people. I, I love you. I'm not being unkind to you. you. How can you expect anything good to come out of that? Atmosphere determines everything. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Attitude determines altitude. Atmosphere. First thing first, create the atmosphere. Is this what Jesus Christ taught? He walked up to people. They were in a storm. There was criticism. There was religion. What Jesus always walk up? What he, what's the first thing he said? Peace. Peace. And when he spoke it, it happened. Right. What's the first thing Jesus always did? He always changed the atmosphere. So he walked up and said, peace. When I walk into a situation and this one's saying this and this one's saying that and this, ain't either, none of you, what none of you got to say is important. You know what's important? Let's just settle down here. Peace. Let's bring peace in the room first. And then let's bring joy in the room. Heaven flows out of an atmosphere of joy. And this needs to be in your heart. You want your home to be blessed? Create an atmosphere. It's one of the things I love about living free and the ministry down there at Mary's house. So many of those people are in there because they were raised in the wrong atmosphere. Yeah. It's, not the, it's not the fruit, dear ones, it's the root. Lay the ax to the root of the problem. And these people were raised in terrible atmospheres or they got in bad atmospheres. Bad atmospheres produce bad fruit. And one of the things I love about living free and Mary's house and places like that, one of the things they do, they teach people, this is the atmosphere people live in. It's an atmosphere of honor where we respect people. Yeah. We keep it quiet in here. We, we do things that build people up. We have encouraging music playing in here. We speak greatly to each other in here. We share in here. You create that atmosphere there and guess what happens? People live in it and they say, this is the way people ought to live right here. Everything flows out of atmosphere. That's why people wonder why the American church is dying. I'm surprised it's stayed big as it has in this day. Listen, you, people come into a church, you know what they ought to sense? They shouldn't come in here and see a bunch of folks that are mad. I think the deal, I think you've gained, a lot of churches, they've gained weight, still wearing the same neckties and suits and it's cut the blood flow off to your head. I think that's why you feel so bad. <laughs> Do you know I'd get fired in average church? <laughs> Wrong atmosphere, doc. People that come into a church, they need to sense, there's a peace in here. Yeah. There's a joy in here. Yeah. These people care about people in here. That preacher ain't stiff. That preacher's a little too unstiff, what he is, matter of fact, but <laughs> you're going to err, err in that direction. Then the atmosphere is everything. I think the atmosphere in the earth's gone. Not to be ridiculous. Let me tell you something. One of these days, the Prince of Peace is coming back, and when he hits that Jerusalem wall, he's going to say, peace. And he's going to reign throughout the whole earth. But the only place this Bible tells me today that you can establish the atmosphere of heaven is my heart, my home, and his church. That's it. Let me, well, let me close you one. Let me show you one verse we're done. Turn with me to uh, 
Well, I don't remember it. I don't remember that. I'll just quote it to you. The book of Isaiah says this. And in that day, the knowledge of the glory of the earth, Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The atmosphere of heaven is going to cover the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. And it's the whole atmosphere of heaven is going to take over the earth at the second coming of Jesus. But till then, guess what? Jesus don't have to come back for me to enjoy it. I'm going to bring heaven down right here around my little circle right here. And in my house, if I can do it, I'm going to bring it in here. Amen. Y'all cooperate with me? Yes. All right. Lord Jesus, I want to praise you and thank you for your goodness. Thank you. There can be heaven on earth. You're, you told us in your word, you could make it. Well, Jesus, a blind man can see this right here. Pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. If they're singing in heaven, we're going to sing down here. If they're, if they're in victory in heaven, we're going to walk in victory down here. If they're thankful in heaven, we're going to be thankful down here. If there's joy in heaven, there's going to be joy in Hall River. Amen. If there's glory in heaven, there's going to be glory in my house. I thank you and praise you. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to live heaven on earth. I thank you for that. I pray for my friends here. I pray they'll take this atmosphere thing real serious and realize I ain't going to try to go nowhere until I get the right atmosphere in my heart. That's, that's why you said every morning, connect with me. Get the right atmosphere between us. Get the peace in your heart. Get my joy back in your heart. Get the quietness in your heart. Get some hope in your heart. Come to me. Let me set the atmosphere for the day. Well, Lord Jesus, you know what it's like on this earth. We walk through this earth. That atmosphere on the inside can get messed up, whether it's at work and traffic, problems in our families. I want to praise you and thank you. We can always come back to you first thing every morning, sometimes during the day and say, dear Jesus, the atmosphere is getting a little tilted here. I need for you to help me get it right. Your word said that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's where I want to be, Jesus. And I want to praise you and thank you and bless you. I want to thank you that nobody's ever praised you too much. Nobody's ever sung too much to you. And I thank you and praise you for the joy you give. Thank you for the Spirit of God that's bringing the kingdom down in the earth today. If we'll accommodate him and stir him up on the inside, I give you all the praise and glory for your goodness. The precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.